Delphine Litke. We all know what it feels like to meet someone new, someone you have that instant connection with, a spark. The early stages after a first meeting that may turn into something much bigger. Something like a relationship, that feeling, the sensation of excitement and nerves when you see that special someone. The body sensation of the rush of emotions in those first moments. The feelings of joy and ecstasy just being near them. That feeling of the tingle. Well, they say that the middle school years are some of the most difficult for many people. And I was one of those kids. I was friends with a group of guys and had a boyfriend. Again, that kind of boyfriend that you say you're dating, but don't actually go out on any dates or do anything that a couple actually does. You know, we hang out with our friends in big, non-threatening groups and hold hands occasionally. It's a special feeling at that age to have someone who you like, like you back. The tingle you get when they're near, or even when you hear their name. So picture it. We're watching Child's Play, and someone proposed that we play Truth or Dare. Side note, who didn't love that game? It certainly still gives me the tingle thinking about playing it. So... My boyfriend and I get dared to go into a closet for seven minutes. Ooh, seven minutes. I hadn't even kissed anyone at this point in my life. We go in, and it's dark. He whispers, what are we supposed to do? I was all like, I don't know, trying to play it cool while thinking to myself, holy fuck, it's time for your first kiss. I think we're supposed to kiss, he says. I could feel my heart beating so hard, I worried that he could hear it. The tingle I experienced as I said, yum, okay, (laughs) and waited for him to lean in. I could feel his breath on my face. It smelled of Pepsi and Cheetos. And the wait, the anticipation of my very first kiss. It finally happens. And then I'm grateful for the dark closet so he can't see how red my face is. It was a peck but enough for a first experience. We break apart, and he asks me, how was it? Side note, do men really want an answer on this question? Is it that you can't tell if the woman has enjoyed it, or is it just another attempt to stroke a tender ego? (laughs) Anyway, I reply, okay. And that is when the closet doors opened and the lights from the basement blind us. We finish the movie. There's some teasing about what we did in that closet, and then my friends walk me home. Unfortunately, that is the last time I hang out with that group of boys. I arrive at school on Monday morning and feel everyone staring at me. What's happened? This feels fucking weird. I see my boyfriend and smile at him. He averts his eyes and walks past me. I'm stunned. It doesn't take long for me to hear the rumor. Apparently, during that seven minutes in the closet, we had sex. Sex. What the fuck? I hadn't even kissed anyone until that night. Suddenly, I've become a slut. The one everyone in school shut out. No one would talk to me, nor did they want to hear my side of the story. You cannot guess how this fucks with you. It sets a person up to not trust others and slows your emotional development. 
trust is gone and you do everything and anything to protect yourself not to feel those emotions again. When I look back on that experience, I feel several different emotions. The initial hurt and pain of trusting someone with your fucking heart and then them smashing it to jagged little pieces. Then the self-blame. I shouldn't have gone in that closet. Then the escape from everyone that reminds you of that incident. I lost all of my friends and have never felt that amount of loneliness since. When someone breaks your heart like that at such an impressionable age, it takes years to relearn how to trust again. His one little lie impacted me beyond anything he could have predicted. Fucking dick. Is this a part of toxic masculinity? What did those fucking dicks talk about on the way home that night? Why did he have to lie? So I didn't have a boyfriend for years after that. I didn't want one. I went through high school and university without one. Oh, there were hookups, because who isn't horny during that stage of their life? <laughs> I'd like to take a moment here and say that I had my coming of age in the 1990s. Like three people I knew had cell phones, and the only time I went on the internet was when I was at my friend's house and we would engage in internet sex chatting with anonymous men. That is what we did to get the tingle. We wouldn't want to engage with guys we knew because, well, learning from past experiences, they were not to be trusted. When I was a young woman, I wasn't necessarily focused on my own pleasure, and many of my girlfriends weren't either. We talked of things like hand jobs, we would swap how-to stories, you know, tips we heard from older girls. We never talked about our own bodies or how to get pleasure. Many young women are not focused on their own pleasure, but on how to pleasure a guy. I learned how to give a blowjob from Cosmopolitan Magazine. Now, whenever I see a teenage girl reading that magazine, I think to myself, is she learning about how to give a BJ? <laughs> Side note, I've never learned anything about the clitoris from this so-called ladies magazine. Perhaps they should be more concerned with advocating for female pleasure rather than focusing on how to pleasure a man. I hope they are now. I haven't had the need for that magazine since I was 17. I also haven't had any complaints. Thank you for listening to The Tingle Podcast, written by Angela Lavender and performed by Delphine Lidke. Thank you so much to the amazing Nikki Kennedy for our opening song and for the music in The Tingle Podcast. You can find her at NikkiKennedy.ca or on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube with the handle NikkiKennedyCA. If you enjoyed our show, please support us on our Patreon page, The Tingle Podcast.